Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. Oh, you think about different uh, families and the famous musicians and different things, and uh, somehow when I saw this pitch and I said, hey, I'd love to have him on the show, so I'm excited to welcome the program celebrity from the world-famous Osmond family, Jimmy Osmond. Jimmy, thanks for calling, and how are you? Hey, great. Hey, thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Jimmy. And, and I tell you, looking back to your career, especially being the youngest Osmond, did you always want to be on stage and performing? Did this, this is kind of growing up in that kind of family. It just makes it, hey, give you a mic and go kind of thing. Tell us about that. Well, you know, it's, it's wild. You know, I look back now and, you know, you tell stories. You can hardly believe it because of the people that helped us and mentored us when we were so young. You know, turned out to be these legendary guys. But I thought every kid did what I did. And I started performing when I was three. So I didn't know any better, you know. And uh, I just kept going, and now almost 50 years later, I'm still doing 200 shows a year, and mostly behind the scenes I produce shows, but I still perform with my brothers and, and on my own sometimes in plays or whatever. But it's been a great ride, and we've been so blessed and lucky to have had mentors that have you know, really made the difference for us. When did you finally realize how big the Osmonds were? When did that kind of come to you that, you know, you're performing on stage that you guys are so popular? When in that kind of aha moment? Well, you know, you? it's yeah. funny, you know, you can, you can add up whatever and how many records or whatever you've sold over the years, but nobody really cares about what you did. They only want to know what you're going to do for them today. You know, we've had a really an amazing ride. You know, my brothers, well, cumulatively, we've all, you know, we've sold about a hundred million records, which is pretty remarkable when you kind of, lump us all together and uh, and that's the kind of the way we 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 were raised you know it wasn't about the narcissism of being famous or anything it was more about this is the family business and sometimes it makes sense for one osmond to be out in front or and then it's the next guy's turn you know and it was it was more about that more of about a, a team effort but I started performing on the old Andy Williams shows, and Walt Disney discovered the brothers. Okay. And I was three years old. And I, uh, if you, you know, I would have told you you were lying if you had told me that uh, all these years later, you know, I'd be owning and operating Andy Williams Theater and keeping his legacy alive. I mean, isn't that a Crazy yeah, turn of truly. Event. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a surprise. <laughs> it's definitely a, a big surprise. So in, in that age, you probably learned the business so much behind the scenes because at three, you're performing. Well, you know, I some, never thought, yeah. I never thought, you know, I just, I never thought show business would last for me. I was the first one to record and have a hit record. I was five years old and it was in Japanese, <laughs> but I, I always kept my eyes open and realized that, Hey, you know, this business wasn't going to last for me. So what else could I learn about the, you know, the industry that I love? And so I really did every, every job there was from, you know, running spotlights to producing concerts. And, and I really kind of was able to learn and do the jobs that maybe a lot of people didn't want to do. And that's really what has blessed my life now to, you know, have had kind of a well-rounded career that wasn't totally reliant upon me being the star of anything, if you know what I mean. So that's interesting when you say that, Jimmy. Being the youngest, you were part of you're, you're part of the Osmond family. Then you went right into a, so, a solo type of career. Explain why that happened. Did a lot of the Osmonds break onto solo careers at that time? What was the reasoning for you doing a lot of solo stuff? Well, I think it was more desperation than anything else. <laughs> you know, I was like I say, I was the first one to really record for my family and have a hit record, and then I started endorsing. Uh, these products on television, and then 
you know, we, we would always record and tour together. But I was always kind of this little solo guy that would come out in my little Elvis Presley suit. And, you know, we we shared a stage with Elvis back in the day at, at the Hilton. Wow. And uh, it was it was wild, you know, to be able to. Matter of fact, on Good Morning America, on Elvis's birthday a few years ago, they held up my my album, which is called Killer Joe. Okay. And they said, this is the very first Elvis impersonator that's documented, because Elvis actually was the guy that introduced us to Bill Ballou, who designed his suits. And my family always thought it would be cute when I came out and did my little number or whatever in the show, that I would impersonate Elvis. And uh, so that's what kind of got me started doing that. And what also got us started wearing those white jumpsuits that you know, we were kind of famous for in the 70s with the big bell bottoms, you know. Okay. <laughs> so you basically After were... a lot you, of therapy, we're okay. So, Jimmy, would you kind of equate yourself to a smaller Michael Jackson in a way? That you were the youngest in the family and that you kind of were the first to kind of break out, yet the, 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 it kind of, you, you kind of went to the background compared to Michael who just went to complete stardom? Family, but... I'm more of the Barney guy. <laughs> I was kind of the mascot of our family, if you will. I mean, I always came out and did crazy things. But, you know, Donnie was more of the age that Michael was, although I used to work for Michael, and we oh, had really? a lot of great chats. Yeah, you know, I was the one that did his Pacific Rim tours um, when he released the album called Bad. You remember the Bad album? Yes. And it was a good album, but, it, but yeah, the Bad album. And uh, I was promoting, and I actually was the guy that packaged those tours to the Pacific Rim for him. But a lot of people thought that the Jacksons and the Osmonds were all this, you know, big competitive thing back in the 70s. And the truth was, is we were all really good friends. Interesting. So, Oak, you so related all of it together. And it's pretty interesting. I mentioned that question, Michael Jackson, because of the anniversary today of uh, his death and stuff, looking at those things for short, specifically uh, the career. So you're saying, so Donnie took off into a more of a, a singles career later on or is it he just became the big the lead singer star and you're the more the mascot of this Osmond crew throughout the Well, whole I think process. everybody had their day. You know, the real lead singer in the beginning was Jay. Okay. And then Merrill became the main voice of the Osmonds that had, you know, the fifty six gold records was Merrill's voice. And then Donnie would always sing kind of a counter melody, um, you know, the high parts and stuff and on One Bad Apple or Yo Yo or something like that. There were hits of ours. And, you know, Donnie was the right age at the right time for the record-buying public, which was kind of the Justin Bieber kind of age when he was popular, you know. And I was, again, this little kid, and I appealed more to the grandmas and the younger kids, you know. And, uh, you know, Donnie was definitely the big star in the family. But, you know, there was enough for everybody, and that's what was kind of cool. It wasn't a competitive thing like you think in a lot of families that get into show business. It was more about... You know, what what part could I play? And, you know, I've had, what, six or seven gold records on my own, but I still feel like I played a small part in in the family business. And and it meant the world to me, not only to celebrate what I achieved, but to celebrate what the other members achieved individually and, and more importantly, collectively, you know? And then that's, that's definitely, and then you said you were really interested in all the behind the scenes and you were the kind of guy that was looking at learning from this business in a way to say, I want to be part of this business for a long time to come in the music business and then learn the ins and outs and behind the scenes type of stuff. And you saw the Osmond family uh, legacy as something that you wanted to really help uh, harness in certain ways, correct? As being the president. Well, of the I just Osmond. wanted to keep it going. I mean, mm-hmm. for the past 25, 30 years, I've managed the brothers or my sister or whatever on an occasion. So, it's been it's been a lot of fun being the youngest. It's kind of a weird dynamic that they would trust me enough to do that. I mean, I really think maybe they were lazy and just wanted me to do the <laughs> the detail work, you know, the cleanup committee. But in doing that and being trusted like that, it really exposed me to not only working with for my family, but also with a lot of other artists and, and production shows. I used to work with Ringling Brothers, and I worked with Disney on Ice. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And and I promoted, you know, people like Bon Jovi and others. That, and I'm not trying to name drop. I'm just trying to show you that the fact that I, I reached out. Um, we had a great phone book. 
because we, you know, we were at the top of the charts and producing network programs, and it really afforded me an opportunity that never would have happened if it wasn't for the success of my family and, and the support. But nevertheless, it gave me that kind of exposure, you know, at unique skill sets that a lot of people don't realize you need to have in show business, such as packaging and sponsorship and, you know, knowing how the business works. And, and, you know, and if you're, again, if you want to keep your career going, maybe you're not the right guy to be on stage, but maybe you're the guy that produces the show. And so I found a lot of fun and success at, at being open to, uh, to doing whatever needed to be done, you know? And you, when you said you were the mascot of the Osmonds, it's very interesting you say that because again, you learned how important your brand and your promotion was to the Osmond name at first, meaning, you know, with the, Hey, let's think about this little, little Jimmy and, you know, and how he's uh, trying to be the showstopper at the beginning and that people learn from that process. You learn that, Hey, it's gotta be the wow factor. We continue to stick to that brand of the Osmonds and, and have that signature look and the signature thoughts and, and to continue to have this music keep going on for generation upon generation. And you learn from what you saw, how you guys developed to saying, I'm going to help others, and I'm going to learn that whole promotion part of it. Do you like being a promoter, Jimmy? Is that something that you like in promotion of things? Yeah, I never thought that's what I'd be doing, but, you know, I still promote about 500 shows a year that aren't all us. We do about 150, 200 shows, but I still, you know, promote a lot of different shows. And I like it. It can be really hard sometimes when the economy's not working, but right now it is. And so, you know, it's just like any business. It's it's a risk. It's a gamble to be in that position, and and uh, it's sometimes it's wonderful. <laughs> Usually, it's wonderful when you win, but the real test of your medal is how you are as a person to the people you work with when you don't win. You know, and uh, we, I've had my share of those failures as well. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I never planned on being in the position I am today, but I'm just grateful and realize that it isn't. I'm not the reason why I'm here. I'm here because of the sacrifice and belief of a good family and people that I worked with. And uh, I had a real good leg up that a lot of people don't get. And I'm just humbled by that, grateful for it. And now I'm trying to find ways to not only share what I've learned, um, but, you know, just get involved in projects that are bigger than me because at some point, you know, it's so much more fun to be part of a big project. Like, for instance, my my mom started the Children's Miracle Network because my two oh. older brothers were born deaf. Okay. And she wanted to raise money to, to help deaf kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's turned into, and I still sit on the board all these years, but it's turned into Children's Miracle Network. And that's what I mean about getting involved in things that are bigger than you. I mean... It's just so cool to have and be associated with like-minded people. That's great. That aren't, you know, and it's amazing what can be done if everybody pulls together, you know. I mean, it's raised over $5 billion for kids. And, and you know, sitting on the board all those years, I never got it until my kid was being rushed in a hospital ambulance. And I looked at the equipment that was saving her life, my little girl. And it had our little Children's Miracle Network balloon on it. And I was just like, wow. You know, I was just blown away that the very organization my mom's my mom started ended up blessing her grandchild, you know, and, and saving her life. So anyway, that's what I mean. It's, it's so much fun to be involved in stuff that isn't necessarily wow, about you, that's great. you know. <laughs> See, that's great. And that's where I wanted to say why the family's still together. You know, a lot of family organizations and different things, they split up and, you know, it doesn't... How you keep the Osmonds together, what do you think it is? Is, is What do you think the big thing is that, you know, we just... You guys talk collectively about the Osmonds. It's not about one of you. It's about you guys collectively. What do you think is the reason? I think, you know, we had good parents that, you know, they uh, they were so selfless. Mm-hmm. And they really, they didn't tell us how to live. They showed us how to live. I mean, I can I can remember my dad, you know, telling me before he went to bed at night, he always said his prayers at night, and he said, I'm only as strong as my weakest child. I mean, oh, I remember God. coming to him and telling telling him 
hey, Dad, I'm number one in England, you know, for 13 weeks. What do you think, Dad? And he hands me this stick with a poker on it because we had an apartment complex. And he said, go clean up the yard, son, and make yourself useful. <laughs> and he was an Army sergeant, and he was he was so cool. I mean, he was tough, but he, he saved us, man. He, uh, he taught us the value of a dollar because we've made a lot of money. We lost a lot of money, and we're doing okay now, but... You know, he he taught us what really mattered in life, and it all it all emanates from one word, and that's just love. And and to love your family, and you know, we have our problems. There's sometimes I've been an idiot, or my brother, or my sister is, you know, their egos have been out of control. But we always seem to come back, and I think it's because of the example of our parents and the sacrifice it took all of us to have this career together. I mean, you may see Marie on TV every day, but you know, I helped negotiate those contracts, and Donnie and Marie as a brand helped give her that exposure and, and the family, and they know that. And that's what's so cool is we're appreciative and that it's taken all of us to allow us individually to have a successful life, if you call it that. You know, I mean, yes. right now I feel successful because I've got four beautiful kids and a great wife, but... Um, you know, the, my world could turn in a minute, you know, but right now I'm just really grateful. And then, uh, and that, and I the think that's, I that's, see, that's the important thing about family, parenting, uh, involved parents that care. And then the kids continue to bring that forward and keep that legacy going At times. You're going to make mistakes, but ultimately it's all about family. And that goes back to the whole thing. And it's interesting when you talk about negotiating contracts and all these uh, different things. Uh, so, so interesting. Now, Jimmy, right now, currently, what, so what are you doing? And then I want to talk about your book after that. So the, the book that you wrote oh, in sure. 2014, but what do you currently, so you basically are still the president of the Osman, Osman entertainment, but what else are you doing on a daily basis business wise? Well, I still produce, you know, TV movies and, I produced, um, I just finished this, well, it's been actually been two years now, but it feels like I just finished it. It was a big project um, for the, the BBC, and it was a three-hour docudrama um, about the life of, of Jesus. And from all denominational point of view, so I, I put together 21 religious experts from around the world from different denominations and had them, you know, even rabbis and everybody kind of talk about what they had in common rather than what they didn't. And, you know, it's fun to be involved in those kinds of projects that, you know, for me, they're Christian-based, but still, it's non-offensive to anybody, whether you're a believer or not, okay. you know. And so that was cool. Uh, but I still, I own the Andy Williams Theater. We produce, this year, we have over 500 shows. Everyone from Trace Atkins to Charlie Pride to Carrie Fader. I guess we have Ray Charles and, I mean, Ray, uh, Ray Stevens, I mean. Oh, wow. And we have... Uh, uh, who else is coming back? Oh, Bill Ingvold. You know Bill? No, I don't. Explain. Bill's a yeah. funny comedian. He's kind of a country-based comedian. But anyway, we've got a lot of shows going on there. And then I'm taking the Andy Williams Christmas show to England this year. I have 15 dates that are on sale now. Uh, again, a traditional Andy Williams Christmas show that I host with my brothers. And and uh, and so, you know, life's good. And, and I'm still involved in real estate a little bit. But I'm kind of a jack of all trades, but a master of none. I I start and stop projects, but I, uh, you know, I love having love dabbling in all of it. I really do. Well, Jimmy, it sounds like you have a big rolodex of celebrities that you know, especially with the Andy Williams uh, uh, theater and all that stuff. You know a lot, don't you, in the music business? Well, no, I don't really. But you know what's cool is I know a lot of people that know a lot, and I just try to surround myself with them. <laughs> but it's you know it's been kind of cool because we have this kind of old Hollywood phone book, and it's been really easy for me to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, hey, do you want to play Andy's Place? Because, you know, everybody wants to play Andy's Place. It's the most beautiful theater um, that he had built before he passed away. And he asked me to keep his legacy going, and I was, like, so honored. He knew I was a good theater operator, and I was just, just blown away to have that responsibility. And, I mean, I'm still nervous about it. But so far, knock on wood, we've we've been doing really well, and and uh, and uh, so that's been that's been taking a lot of my time right now. 
Well, that, that that's so interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed what I'm learning because again, I'm just looking at Wikipedia right now, Jimmy, because uh, that's so and researching from that, but learning so much more than just Wikipedia about you. Amazing stories for sure. <laughs> well, uh, don't believe everything no, you read. No, no you don't. You don't believe anything in Wikipedia, but it's a very nice thing. There's nothing really bad about your Wikipedia. So, but that, but I just to, to kind of just pick and understand. I love the whole thing. Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, over the years, you know, we may not have been everybody's favorite, you know, brand band of music or whatever, but we've been able to kind of do what we love. And, you know, we've tried to stay loyal to the people that brought us to the dance and not tried to change who we were. And I think that ended up serving as well. I mean, we have our critics, that's for sure. You know, it's kind of cool, though. Now you have, you know, people like Def Leppard and, you know, um, and some of these big groups that have all stood up for us, Paul McCartney included, that said, hey, you know, you can say what you want about the Osmonds not being maybe going down in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame history, but they sold 100 million records, and some of their riffs, like Crazy Horses and Hold Her Tight, and some of those songs were some of their guilty pleasures on their iPods. <laughs> and so it was kind of cool to have been around long enough to see that you were popular and in vogue for a lot of years. And then when you weren't, you still, you still could make a living at what you did. And, and now, and now there's kind of been a, a nice resurgence of nostalgia for our brand of what we do, you know, which is kind of cool. Well, definitely. And, and I think of the Osmonds, uh, like it just comes up like, Holy cow. And uh, that's where, that's where I look at it. It's, it's such a, a musician family, musical family, even though I'm 42 years old, it's just like, I think of Donnie Marie and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And you know, and, and you know, just, yeah. you, you, you see, you see your sister on all the time and, and Donnie was on specific things. And it seems like Jimmy, as you said, you're in the background, but amazingly enough, yeah. the things that, that you've been able to do to continue to let the, the, the legacy of the Osmonds live on is fantastic. Now the book has to be an interesting thing for you to go out of your comfort zone with the book. So tell us a little bit about this book. In 2014. Oh, it was kind of a silly project. You know, I, I used to have a cartoon strip because I cartooned just as a hobby. And uh, I had all these people asking me to write, you know, an autobiography because all my brothers and my sister have done one. And I said, no, I'm going to I'm going to draw to cartoon a little book with my friend and and uh, kind of tell my story that way. And it was just what we've been talking about. I mean, I was the youngest guy and always wanted to fit in and try to figure out where what I had to contribute, and did I even matter? And and the answer was to me, finally, after looking back, that, yeah, my piece of the puzzle was needed and was important. And I think that's a cool message to tell every kid these days that, you know, you don't always have to be the star to be of value. And yes. everyone's valuable. And everybody has a role to play. And uh, it's, you know, what... It's like that wonderful life, you know, movie. I mean, what would life be like without you or me or, you know, any member of my family? And and it's kind of a really cool self-esteem builder to realize for me after 50 years of, of a career that, hey, maybe I did do something that, that helped not just me but, but others. And that's kind of the message in it all is this, is this number nine kid trying to find his way and be of value. Which is tremendous. It's fantastic. And I, I, I agree. As a teacher, Jimmy, and as a coach and a life coach and a, a social media and branding expert, I love seeing my clients have success. I love seeing my kids score well in the SAT and ACT, meaning my kids that are students I tutor. I love seeing people perform and I teach them ideas to be successful. When you're the puppet master, it's a nice thing to look. And even though that one's got all the credit, you're the one that helped in that development. And that you you were able to do something in so many ways, and I think that that's yeah. that's the fun thing. It doesn't always. It's great to be behind the scenes. I never picture myself as a radio talk show host. I always when I did, I was a professional wrestler, Jimmy. I didn't tell you that that background about me, but oh, when that's I, yeah, cool. yeah 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 that's I, awesome. I, yeah, I was a professional wrestler. But when I I did a television show and a radio show when I was wrestling, and I didn't make myself the star. I was a lot behind the scenes, coming up with ideas. Even when I promote my own wrestling shows, I didn't want to promote myself as a champion 
I thought, that's stupid. Why would I put myself over as a champion? I wanted to be behind the scenes and help others go and pick what's going to be the best to make me money. Well, that's the way I look at things. But you know, anybody that's really been a big star, and like you're saying, um, that's the secret. I mean, to be a gracious person on stage and not have to make everything about you, it, it makes you actually more popular. I mean, look at Bob Hope and look at yes. Andy Williams. Look at all of those iconic Frank Sinatra. You know, he was the perfect guy. He commanded that respect. But he was so gracious on stage to whoever he was he had on there with him, whether it was a Sammy Davis or whoever, he made them feel like the star, which really made him even look better, you know. But that's the key in life, you know. I'm uh, you're you're mentioning you're a teacher and I just am recently kind of getting into trying to learn about being helpful in that arena and I have uh, a deal at the theater where we have these uh, interns okay. from college where they get college credit, you know. And you know what? It's it's you're absolutely right. It's so fun to see those kids, their eyes light light up and get get it, get these concepts about how to be successful in in not just being so narcissistic but being part of a team. And I've had more fun watching them grow and be a part of our organization than I have any of our leading people, you know. It's it's really cool to help somebody else, you know. And that's what it's part of being a believer in Christ is knowing that we're going to be helping others throughout the, and all over the world. And that is not about us. It's about everyone else. And that's where you have your true exactly. part of your life. And you truly see a purpose because if you're constantly about well, you, 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 there's this belief system. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Regardless of your belief system, but I like you, you know, and believe in Christ, but any, anybody that is of any note, has proven the only way to true happiness in life is service. Yes. Serving others and being part of something bigger. And I think you hit it right on the, the nail on the head. I mean, if you want to have a happy life, forget yourself and get involved in cool things and and uh, be willing to, to help at any level. And pretty soon you're, you'll find yourself at the top of the heap because everyone will like you and want to put you there. So true. Where's the best place we can find information on you, Jimmy, and learn more about you? Purchase your book and learn more about you. Where can we go? Um, I guess you could go uh, to Osmond.com or JimmyOsmond.com, but Osmond.com is more fun because you don't have to just look at me. You can look at everything <laughs> that we're doing. And and then you can go to Amazon, I guess, or anywhere. And uh, if you're interested in my book, which is called Awesome Possum Family Band, and uh, I illustrated it with my friend Bob Opstrom. He cleaned it up and made it look cool. And uh, but yeah, I wrote it with my brothers, and it's it's more so for younger kids, but it's really just a motivational thing. And and if you want to come see us uh, on the website, you'll see you know where we're playing. Uh, we're always playing somewhere. And uh, but uh, Branson, Missouri, is kind of home base for a lot of the shows that I I develop and then take on tour. Well, so if I'm ever in Branson, Branson we're gonna, I'm going to look you up when I'm in Branson for sure. Uh, I've traveled through there. I wrestled oh, in uh, Springfield, Missouri uh, for a, uh, a big event when I was driving through Branson, but never have stopped by there. We're going to have to definitely take the family out to Branson to see uh, Jimmy and well, see all the different... it's a wonderful family town. that really is, you know. And But, uh, you know, we still play Vegas and a lot of different places. But if you're going to have a family vacation, uh, it's a really affordable, fun time out there. So come see us. I definitely will, and uh, so that's in Branson, and you're traveling. Have you ever played Pittsburgh before, the Osmonds? When's the last time you guys have been in Pittsburgh? Yeah, we have. It's been a while, though. It's been a while, but, yeah, we used to play there, and and, uh, I don't know where we haven't played after this many years, but, (laughs) you know, every show is different, whether it's a cruise ship or an arena, you know, but uh, they're all fun, and they're all different, and that's what keeps us coming back for more. Well, we could tell the show business is definitely in your blood, and you're going to keep on uh, building the Osmonds up, and always there's opportunities and stuff. And uh, I tell you right now, you get on Periscope, Jimmy, especially at your events at, uh, at the Andy Williams Theater, people will really buzz by it. It'll be a great buzz for your social media and your brand. Yeah, I'm going to check it out for sure. Yeah, definitely. You could just It's Thanks. funny, some of these concerts, Neil Diamond did a concert, and he just put his Periscope yeah. on during his whole concert. Really, and people were commenting the whole wow. time. So it's a it's a it's a great new uh, technology. I'm telling you, it's going to be big very soon. It's just the, the celebrities have jumped on it first, 
but you know everyone else will jump yeah. on it if celebrities jump on it. So, uh, Jimmy, thanks for calling, and yeah. thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you, man. I, I enjoyed learning about you, too. And I think it's cool you're a wrestler, but you're a very good radio host. I appreciate it. Well, that's an honor to be uh, to be told that, especially from a, a legend like yourself, Jimmy. So thanks again for calling. All right, buddy. Take care, man. All right, take care. You See you later. All right, bye-bye. You're bye-bye. listening to the Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Total Celebrity Show on the Told Education Network. Again, toldtutor.net for more information. Twitter, toldtutor. Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, toldtutor. Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google+. And uh, also, I keep forgetting Periscope at Total Tutor. I love Periscoping, and it's it's becoming a big fad with a lot of the celebrities. And I don't know how much my next celebrity guest knows, but I think it's a buzz starting to become a big buzz in L.A. So I'm excited to welcome the program celebrity Kat Kramer. Kat, how are you? And uh, I'm fantastic. You're, you're, I tell you, things are just coming along for you. Some big time with acting it and really is. all the other projects since we've not talked in about two months. But how are things going? Great. You know, the um, season three of Child of the 70s, I don't think we've spoken or done our, no, not our at all. show since no, I you, had the premiere for that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm now on season three, uh, officially part of the cast, and I'm also an associate producer. And we had a big premiere at the Ricardo Montalban, which is uh, you know, a landmark historic theater here in L.A. And it's a web series, um, and, and I don't think they've ever premiered a web series there before, so that in itself was uh, historic. But Michael Vaccaro is the star and creator, and, um, you know, it's been on for two seasons. It's peppered with a lot of 70s icons, and season three is no exception uh, one of the special cameo guests is uh, actor Ted Land, you know, whose eyes are yes. on the love boat. And then uh, comedian extraordinaire Judy Tenuta. So I was very fortunate. That yeah, I, had a, I, I interviewed board. Judy. She was a lot of fun uh, before. Which she, oh, she's, she's amazing. She, 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 you never know what you're expecting an interview with her, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure on the set, the same thing, right, Kat? <laughs> I actually presented her an award, uh, uh, a comedy award, um, the L.A. Comedy Awards a couple of years ago. And she actually attended Teach Your Children Well, the uh, world oh, premiere, okay. you know, the Lily and I did. She rode on the bus, did the cheers, uh, the anti-bullying cheers, and the pom-poms and the whole bit. So, yeah, she's definitely a hoot. And um, she's so funny. She plays the lead character's mother uh, on season three. And I actually play three characters. Uh, it's one main character, but that character plays two characters, so it's technically three, and, um, yeah, I play a real diva soap opera, you know, diva from hell, um, cliche. It's a very campy, funny, over-the-top show, but people just love it. And in in this particular season, uh, the lead character of Parlo that Michael Vaccaro plays is cast in a soap opera called The Bridge Across Tomorrow. And my character, Frances Rye, is the star of that show, and... You know, I'm really urging everyone to watch the entire season, um, you know, just to really follow the storyline. We're already gearing up for season four, uh, which is oh, wow. rare because usually with the show, they just do a season a year. But we're actually going to be shooting it over the summer and it probably will be uh, launched by the end of the year. So that's, uh, that's how much people really want to see the show and love it and it's really catching on. And it's amazing because we all know, Kat, now that there's so many ways of catching uh, uh, entertainment, and that if it's mm-hmm. easy, if it's easy as just picking it up on your on your smartphone or or mobile device or or iPad or or computer, it's much easier for people with their busy schedules to watch something that's funny and not be you know you know I guess uh, over uh, with commercials and things like that and seeing specifically things that you might not see on mainstream TV. And that, and that, that's a great thing because now they have a choice. Cat, growing up, you didn't have a choice in television. I didn't have a choice in television. Now there are choices. I think that's uh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, for especially sure. like with Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Crackle. I mean, obviously, Grace and Frankie's, you know, one of my top favorite shows on Netflix. And, um, you know, Netflix has really changed everything about television and just the way we watch entertainment. 
And Amazon is another one that's really uh, just leading the way. Yeah, they're now with all so Amazon starting to get in the original series as well. Everyone's getting involved in this from Netflix to Amazon, which is good because I think that we need to have choice. We can't be bombarded by the same shows every year and the same types of sitcoms and things or or reality TV, Cat. People need to have a no, choice. No, no, yeah. and you know, with something like Race and Frankie, which is such a groundbreaking show, obviously starring Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, yeah. Martin Sheen, Sam Waterston, um, and that uh, that show in some ways parallels my father's guess who's coming to dinner. I mean, I see a lot of similar elements because that was about interracial marriage. This is about same-sex marriage, but my father made that a romantic comedy and had serious serious elements, but it was basically a comedy, and that's the same same thing with Grace and Frankie. But it's still a more serious, realistic show. Um, with our web series, Dial of the 70s, there's nothing real about that. It's pure fun, pure over-the-top. It's also an LGBT-themed show, but it's it's everything's very uh, campy. And I know we're going to really play it up to the hilt in Season 4, and everybody's been asking me. I can't really give too much away, <laughs> no. but I probably will be playing more than more than three characters. That's what I'm hoping, and kind of do the Lily Tomlin, you know, Peter Sellers homage. Um, that's really what I'd like to try. So that's going to be happening. And you never know who may pop up. Uh, there's going to be some more '70s icons. Um, Coming well, on. well, we know so, now you because know. you're the a producer in this show. Whoever those uh, icon celebrities are going to show up in season four, maybe we can catch them for a quick interview for sure. You know, coming up. That from, would be great because yeah. you know you have this 1970s. The era itself is resurging so much. There was some kind of a special the other night. I think about it. Yeah. And this show is all takes place modern day, but the character, the lead character you know, loves uh, a 1970s television actress, Kiki Lawrence, played by Ann Walker. And the cast itself is, uh, I mean, Susan Olsen's a regular on it, who was Cindy on the Brady Bunch. So, you know, you already have that commitment from a lot of 70s icons that are, like, part of yeah, the cast anyway. Yeah, think about I mean, Susan Olsen, cameos. yeah, absolutely, yeah. So. Yeah, and Bruce Valanche is on it, and Jerry Jewell has been on season two, and, you know, there's so many... Um, so many people that have been involved and so many people that are on the show. And, um, you know, we're just now forming season four. But, yeah, we're really excited, you know, to get uh, the kind of response. But we still need more people to, to watch it because it is only in the third season. And, you know, it just takes a while for sometimes for people to discover things, too. It's all about finding that target audience. Who is the target Absolutely. audience for this show? And how that they now they have another choice, Kat. That's the bottom line. That until mainstream television gets to this point, you know, we have reality shows that are getting into the LGBT thing, but we're not seeing it in the mainstream yet. A show like yeah. this, the way to do it is basically through a tribe, a tribe who tries to promote and get it out there. Yes, you're having a lot of success, but the bottom line is you got to get it to the people that don't know about it. And that's why you come on shows like my show and then looking at the social media aspects of getting it out there and saying, look, there are interesting shows out there that are not on you know, the traditional channels, and that's the key thing. And- I mean, I love web therapy. You know, I've always, that was like my favorite web series, right. um, and I just aspire so much to, I would dream of being on that one day, and, you know, I know the creators, and they're so incredible, and, of course, Lily's a regular on it, and Lisa Kudrow is the star, and that's, you know, that was like one of the early web series that started on the web, and then it, uh, it got picked up by Showtime, and it's still on there. Um so, I mean, our show is, you know, definitely a web series still. There's on many platforms. That's the thing is that a lot of these web series, you can just find them one place. But with Child of the right. 70s, there's multiple places you can see it. That can be confusing, but it's also good because, you know, there's just different platforms. To, For to people to find it and, 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 and specifically and all the different things. And what's going to happen, I already see this, that... The, the 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 traditional ones are going to have competition with the Amazons, yes. with the Netflix, with web series to the yeah, point Hulu, that they're, they're yeah, going to have sure. to choose that they can't just pick who some producer thinks is 
great TV, they're going to have a competition level. It's probably like how music is kind of making its changes from 20, 30 years ago that you, the, the discovery of stars and discoveries of different uh, people that make it big time that would not have gotten that discovery before, for sure. So that's that's the great thing, and I think that your father would be very proud of you and proud of people going out and doing this because they're not sticking to the norm of what you see on TV. Even though it's changed in certain ways, it's still, you know, it's, it's very, it's still, uh, you know, staying to the same old, same old. Now, let's talk about, uh, before we get into your your films, which is going to be really interesting, talk about what's going on with Stanley Kramer. I mean, you, you continue to celebrate. It's fantastic. Yeah, we, have, yeah, we still yeah. have those, all those awards coming up, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. We have the Stanley Kramer Social Artist Award coming up at the Catalina Film Festival that, is a, in the third year that we've been doing it, and that festival is September 24th through 27th on the beautiful island of Catalina, and the award ceremony will be on the 26th. So that will be announced, uh, you know, over the next few months. And then there's still the Stanley Kramer Pioneer Award at the Louisville International Film Festival, um, and then obviously the Producers Guild Award, the Biggie, uh, in January of 2016. But what I'm real excited about is that there will finally be a posthumous Stanley Kramer uh, star in Palm Springs now. I mean, it's been postponed a couple oh, times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we just set the date. It's going to be December 5th at high noon, at the, at the noon hour. Um, the location and the particulars and the after party and all that will be announced. And then what's even just as really, even just as exciting, if not more, I mean, you can't get more exciting than that, um, because, you know, my father got the first star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Right, and he hasn't had a star ceremony or anything. It was the, he was the first completed star, so they never in the days before they actually started doing the ceremonies. I think he just went and posed with it. It was just a. I'm not even sure he did that. I mm-hmm. mean, it was such a small, uh, like press conference in those days. It was like the very first one. So you know how it's grown out here and become like the thing to do. Well, so we want to pull out all the stops and have a really big ceremony for him in Palm Springs, and then the next day is the second year of the Palm Springs Walk of Stars. Um, uh, It's called Celebration of the Stars, a Homecoming Soiree, and I performed at it last year. I'm going to be performing this year at the Riviera, and, you know, anyone who ever got a star in Palm Springs is invited to attend, and some of them even perform. So um, it's going to be really, really great. And, um, you know, so we finally are doing it. So that's, there's, you know, there's also a doc, couple of documentaries in the works. And um, so, yeah, the Stanley Kramer legacy just lives on. Right, that's great. We have remakes and sequels we're working on, you know, yet to be announced. But still all in the pipeline. So all that stuff's there. So we're just waiting on announcements, which that's why you come back every month or every two months as it's not because of me or you. We're just like, where did the time go since the last time you came on this show? You and I, are our our brands continue to grow. We continue to have all these possibilities in our businesses. And we're like, oh, geez, we got to talk this time. So we we catch up on that. Now, the thing that's always cat... Kramer's films that changed the world. We were talking about some of what was happening there. You were giving us some ideas, but what's the new news? Yeah, for, well, that? you know, yeah. the next two, the next two installments because I just finished the seventh one. I think we spoke yes. uh, either right before yeah. this. So, Bo Paul, a prayer for rain that kicked off the season, mm-hmm. and it's Martin Sheen who was there, obviously, and Misha Barton. It got a lot of press, a lot of international coverage. In fact. Yesterday, I just got the two issues that just came out in the Malibu Chronicle and the Beverly Hills Times. They're both glossy magazines here uh, and completely different uh, target audiences, but it's in both of those. That just just happened, like, in the last few days. Besides all the press that I already had on it, all the coverage and, you know, the money that we raised for the Bhopal Medical Appeal... And I was able to give Marsha Hunt the first ever Hunt for Humanity Award, which is going to be given annually. Mm-hmm. But the next one I'm doing is definitely Cinemability. Um, we are about to announce the date soon, followed by this uh, amazing uh, documentary that's still in progress called Feminist, 
what were they thinking? And what's amazing about that film is that I'm actually involved, you know, as a backer in it and wanting it to get out there. And it's the first time I've ever been involved with a film that hasn't been completed, but then I'm so impressed with the movie and, and, and the filmmakers and the footage that I said, I, I want to present this. So okay. we're in the process of trying to finish, get that finished so I can actually present it. I'm hosting a little, uh, it's very private, a little fundraiser for it, and also just to spread awareness about the film to get more support. They've done the Kickstarter thing, which is so successful today, but this documentary couldn't be more timely. They both are, actually. I mean, Cinemability is already a well-regarded film, right. so I'd be mm-hmm. having like the release premiere for that. Um, it's an historical film already by Jenny Gold. Um but The Feminist is by Joha- Johanna Demetricus, uh, Crazy Wisdom Film. She's done a lot of important films, one called Woman House. I don't know if you recall that. No. Um, mm. And Kate Amend is the editor, who's a well-regarded editor. Gretchen Landau is uh, one of the producers on it. And, of course, it, Lily Tomlin is featured in it, as is Jane Fonda. So you have Grace and Frankie themselves, but it's, you know, them. And that would be kind of amazing uh, when this happens because Lily's been involved with so many of my films in the series, having narrated one, you know, hosted and supported the other ones that she wasn't involved with, and then this one she's in. And they're all documentaries, so I actually have a documentary she narrated and now one that she appears in as an interview subject. Great, and yeah. There's so many other women in the film already, like um, Meredith Monk and Kate Millett mm-hmm. and Aloma Gruskoff, and, you know, yet to be joining the film will be like Gloria Steinem. And oh, there's wow. so many amazing, mm-hmm. yeah, Judy Chicago. It's all based on this book of Cynthia McAdams called Emergence from the 70s. And so everybody featured in the film was a part of that book. And it's really looking at the origins of feminism with the second-wave feminists and where they are now. I'm looking kind of a snapshot look back at the times in which uh, their values were shaped and, you know, how it influences us now. So it with Grace and Frankie out there and Lily's new film, Grandma, which I've, I've already had the pleasure of seeing. It doesn't come out till August 21st. And she plays a feminist in that. So... Um, and a real badass grandma, I have to say. It's really a, <laughs> a great performance from her. It's a phenomenal film from Paul White. And I've already decided to campaign and get behind that for um, award season. I mean, it just lives up to everything that oh, I yeah. wanted it to do. And I was so happy to be able to be at the L.A. premiere when it has such a great cast. But this film, you know, we're really in a time right now of women's empowerment more than ever. Definitely. And there's a lot of movies coming out, like Suffragette, you know, with Meryl Streep um, and Carrie Mulligan. There's several feminist films coming up, even about the early days of the women's movement. Mm-hmm. So to have a film that focuses, a documentary that focuses on the second wave feminists and then have them actually, you know, emotionally reminisce about it is just a gem of a movie. So I'm so happy to be able to be part of it and get it out there. It's really exciting for me to support something in its, you know, early stages and take it to completion. That's that's great. So yeah, um it's just gonna be uh, great when it's finally finished. I'm really looking forward to it. So it's uh, so I've interviewed you so many times, Kat. He breaks the record for celebrities that I've uh, many times come on my show as a celebrity. You've re- the record is completely broken and would never be broken. You know, one would never break it because of, of uh, the amount of times I've interviewed you. But I wanted to go to the one woman show and whatever. Yeah, but I guess what yeah, I thought of you is when I was on um, one of my friends was periscoping at the Stones concert, and I thought of you. I thought of you. That's the first thing I thought of. I thought of Kat Kramer. I hope Kramer. so, because yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're really going strong right now. You know, and they had that sneak show at the Henry Fonda out here, and this tour has just been amazing. And, um, you know, I'm really hoping more. I mean, they just did something with, the, um, like, the School of Rock camp or something with playing with kids. Oh, great. My whole show is really I want the proceeds to be focused towards music education, mm-hmm. part of them. So... That's such a topic dear to my heart, and that's really why I came up with the idea of the Mick Jagger CD anyway. Um, but I'm still tweaking. You know, I did the show last year. It is going to be done. I'm going to be touring with it probably next year. That's the goal. 
And that's just going to be a long-term project. And then also, speaking of Palm Springs, which I had mentioned earlier, right. on November 8th, I'm going to be riding in the Pride Parade, which is going to be big, and I'm the Princess in the Rainbow RV, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, well, you know, you, it's a very famous float, uh, okay. I guess, but um, they've got it, like, renovated and redecorated for me, so I'm really <laughs> having a great time. I haven't seen it yet, just pictures, but... I expect a big old crowd out there when I finally do it. Oh, wow. And I've actually never ridden in any parade before. So this will oh, be wow. Big... Okay. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. So... And I'm going to invite some people to come on and join me, so we'll see uh, We'll see how that pans out. Like <laughs> you, you'll have to update us who's going to be in the parade with you, for sure. <laughs> yes. Who is going to uh, be with, with Kat? And what's interesting, Kat, we've gone into, like, the again, your one-woman show and, how again, with with Mick and how next year is going to be a very big, big year, 2016, and with all the other projects. Uh, again. Yeah, maybe Mick will join me. No, I'm actually going to be riding up high because it's a, it's a bus, but the way they have it is for the parade. Um, it's a famous, famous bus, and um, it's just going to be very... Updated for myself, so I'm just. I may just end up doing it alone. I don't. Maybe I don't want to share it. Who knows? Yeah, you gotta wait. You gotta wait to announce that cat. And when I brought up the yeah. whole thing about Periscope, I'm waiting for you to Periscope. I'm waiting. I, I the, you have to talk. I know. To your, How long has that the, been the, popular? The, the, it's it's just started, just started out a couple of months ago, but a lot of celebrities are the ones that have jumped on board first. Again, it's created by Twitter. Twitter owns it, so your Twitter automatically goes to your Periscope, and and then bam, because you're a celebrity, more people are going to come on than you know the average person, and then they basically it's whatever. You're, you're doing if you're at a an event you could periscope it's just a really cool way uh you know with all your different types of things that you do you know the different events to periscope for a couple minutes with whoever hold up holds up the camera or different things and they could comment and look at the different things and see what's going on with cat kramer and it gives a better eye than just a twitter or facebook i mean your pictures are phenomenal of all the different red carpet events you do but imagine they could see it live and then some of the people I that will definitely gonna... be periscoping my show for sure and stuff for my series too. Yeah, exactly. When you're um, on uh, on set and different people who you who, whoever yeah, and who the who's who they're gonna be on the red carpet. I, I definitely recommend it. I, I, I see the people that have jumped on board and I just believe it's a definitely an interesting thing. And then once uh so that's an idea for you and I think I, I I'm sure you've heard of Periscope, but I guess no and say oh, but I'm I'm gonna endorse it for sure. But I could just imagine just to, just to travel with you for a week, especially your mom and you going all over the place. I mean, you're at every event and you, every different fundraiser and all the awards, and then you still have all the shoots you have to do. And well, there has to be a day in the life of Cat Kramer, and it might be very yeah, I'm interesting. Yeah, still involved with the elephants too. You'll yeah, hear, and we just yeah. the, the Bullhook Band was just passed by the committee, so that was good news. And I was with. Um, Ed Stewart, the founder of PAWS, performing Animal Welfare Society, just on Sunday at a fundraiser that he was hosting in Laguna for PAWS and for Ghetto Rescue Foundation, which is pleased to take dogs off the street. It's an amazing L.A.-based organization. So I'm still doing things with Blessed Beast and Children and with um, protecting and advocating for elephants. An elephant march coming up October 3rd. I'll definitely let you know what's up with Mm. that. Um, that's something that can't be missed either coming up. So, yeah, it's just um I mean, just if you could tell me your calendar, like what you do on a regular basis, and people would be blown away with the amount of work <laughs> you do from your web series yeah. to still... Tr- uh, practicing singing every day, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. you have to you have to keep the voice going. You have to keep the uh, you know the, the 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 amount of work involved in a one woman show plus you know producing and so you're behind the cutting room floor with different videos and different things and then when films change the world. Then all your philanthropic work. I mean, cat. It has to be in front of a camera for sure. They would say, "Wow." Yeah. I mean, and then how many celebrities do you hob? with on a daily a weekly basis cat come on um, i mean just your pictures people have to go ahead and friend and and follow you at all the different facebooks and all the different places because your pictures your poster are are awesome really are you know as long as they support the charities and everything that's the important thing you know to get hollywood is so full of generous 
uh, celebrities and activists. So that's the important thing, you know. Exactly. Is that they uh, yeah. really get behind things. Wow. Is, is there anything else new to report? I mean, I think I've covered everything. I don't think I've missed anything, but I'm sure you have something else to tell me. <laughs> for, oh, I'm sure. Did, did um, we, I just really want to, yeah. you know, get these um, films announced when I'm doing them. And, you know, I get other offers for the, even for next season, so we're just mulling over that. And uh, the gear for awards season and all the Stanley Kramer Awards, you know, which is just, uh, all coming up at once. So, yeah, there's some other things I have in the pipeline that haven't been officially set yet, but they're very exciting and, um, I think, revolutionary and pioneering, and I'll certainly uh, share that with you next time. Hopefully they'll be lined up by then. Well, fantastic. Now, as I as I said before, all the places we can find Cat Kramers, it's really cool. All the different social media sites you have on. And what you do is you really do share with your followers what's truly going on with you on a daily basis. You're not hiding. You're trying to tell, hey, this is all the cool things we're doing and how we're helping others and, and we're, we're giving opportunities to actors and actresses that truly might have not found that opportunity and we're, we're, we're teaching. And I love the idea of, again, raising money uh, for, for, musical, for kids for music because of all the yes. music programs that public education's cutting. It's a sad day. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my big one, you know, my big interest. It's it's sad. It's really one. sad. Between the the bullying and the music programs and public education, those are two sad things that we have to combat for sure. And anything with the arts, it's sad what's happening to the arts. That and elephants and the bullying and yeah. women's yeah. rights. Yeah, those oh. are my main ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can, we can add another list of them too, Kat, for sure. But all right, where's the best place we can find info on you? Where can we go? Well, I'm still updating my main website. I've got a lot of changes to make on that because I realize it still needs updating. But um, I mean, I've been so busy that somehow that slips through the cracks. But uh, KatherineKramer.com, that's my original website. Of course, then Kat Kramer's Films That Changed the World.com, and that's just going to be being updated because um, we have a lot of a lot of content from Fallout that has to be included. Mm-hmm. And then we have the four Facebook pages, uh, Catherine Kramer, the Catherine Kramer Fan Club Group, Cat Kramer's Films That Changed the World, and Cat Kramer, <laughs> four different Facebook pages. And then Catherine Kramer on Twitter. And I think I'm just getting onto, like, Instagram and we need to get you, you know, you know uh, uh, definitely. I do yeah, that a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so we need to, we, we definitely, one thing that you need to be, and, and this is a push that you're going to have to say that you have to do in your home push in PR is that so that no one caught, you need to get verified a celebrity on, on, on Twitter. Because then, then mm-hmm. you jump onto the Facebook. Because, I mean, I, I jump onto the Periscope. Because ultimately, what celebrity do we know that's not verified on Twitter that's as popular as you are that knows everyone in Hollywood? You know everyone, Yeah, Kat. I'd you like really... to know who's on Periscope. Yes. Oh, you, oh, you wouldn't believe it. it, it really. It, you, from Neil Diamond uh, to uh, to Howie Mandel, you just wouldn't. Oh, you, wow. you, 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 oh, oh. I'm telling you, it's and then other very interesting people that I know you know as well that other people as well. I mean, it's it's shocking. It's just like really they're in Periscope, and, and so you have wow. to really check that out and see uh, the cool things. Especially just get the account and say, "Holy cow, this person just broadcasted today!" And it, I, I I lose track of the different people that come on for sure. But I'm kind of trying to tell all my celebrity friends: if you're not Periscoping, you bet you're you're missing out because. Uh, imagine having an audience that could be there right then and there, how you can tell them about your projects and programs and everything and, and have the most uh, effect quickly. And it jumps to Twitter as well. So it's a, it's a great, it's a great platform, but I just wanted to remind you and, and, and I look forward to talking. You'll probably be telling me, Neil, that was the greatest idea to talk about Periscope. And I'll say, I tell everyone I've been talking to is celebs. Got to get on it. Uh, for sure. I, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I had, uh, I had, uh, I had, uh, I had uh, Tommy, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jimmy Osmond on, and I told Jimmy, I said, oh, Jimmy, yeah. I said, Jimmy, you got to get on Periscope. 
Really? He he told me about that. And so, you know, it's just, it's funny who you, you tell these people and say, guys, y'all have this audience that I'm on it. And I see, I see a, a great opportunity because we PR is PR and social media is the wave of the future. Remember that cat. It totally is. I doubt Absolutely. we'll all have websites at some point because we can update things so quickly on social media. You know, it's, it's, it's someday that's going to happen because they'll make it so everything's so simple because I, I'm in the same boat as you, Kat, all the time. Well, I got to update my <laughs> website. Well, I'm rather just update my social media. That's so much of a more immediate reward for sure. But uh, good talking yeah, to you. I'm still very loyal to Facebook. I know Twitter and I do that too, but I'm still, a lot of stuff goes on Facebook. I just, um, I have some ideas for your, for, for child of the seventies, how to really connect to their audience on Twitter. That, will be the that would be great that so we'll definitely have to set up a call for that as well but uh good talking you cat and uh, we'll talk to you next month so thanks for calling Absolutely. All right, take care. A lot more updates. Now, I'm sure. I'm sure you are. I mean, from the first time I talked to you to now, I think we're adding a laundry list of more things. I don't know when you sleep, but take care, cat. You too. All right, have a great night. You too. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.